When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. With Josh Hart. Uh, he speaks on what could be a lucrative offseason for him this summer. He sat down with Blue uh, Blue Report's Taylor Rooks and opened up about his approach to the offseason saying, he will likely decline his player option, but plans to, or at least hopes, to remain a New York Nick. Here is Josh Hart himself. We'll probably decline that and do the free agency thing. My my first free agency was I was restricted and it was it was ass. I kind of actually cried a little bit. It took like three weeks to get it done. I'm like, damn, like, do people want me in the league? Like, I don't think this free agency will go that way. I love New York. I love the team. I love the the coaching staff, the front office that we have. Got young guys, draft picks, all the, you know, all those sort of things. So, you know, obviously that would be an ideal place for me to just, you know, resign there and do that. Everything's perfect on the court, off the court, you know, with family being close to home, doing all those kind of things. So, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, you know, when when free agency starts, I'll say a deal will get done, you know, Mm -hmm. in the first day or two. I would love for that to be home. So Josh Hart there making it very clear that opting out is likely going to happen, but that being a Nick is a priority. And there's been talks about that being uh, expected to be the case. And here you got Josh Hart himself saying that that is indeed the case. So, in case you forgot, Josh Hart was acquired by the Knicks midseason trade with the Portland Trailblazers. Sent Cam Reddish, Ryan Archer, Diacono, uh, and a Knicks 2023 first round pick to the Blazers. He played in the 25 regular season that uh, capped the Knicks season and started five of the team's 11 playoff games. Hart, again, has a player option worth $13 million. So, hearing from Josh Hart there, Tommy, do you think there is any chance Josh Hart isn't a Knicks? based on what he was saying? Yeah, I mean, kind of as we talked about when they acquired him, when they talked about the start of the offseason, there's always a chance. Anytime a player opts out and, you know, becomes a free agent, nothing's guaranteed. Um, you know, we had Carlos Boozer promise a a, a blind owner that he would return. And um, yeah, there, that there's, was wild. There's, there's been plenty of situations yeah. in NBA history where a guy, you just assumed that, that the guy was back and it was only a matter of time. And so certainly I believe that Josh Hart um, is going to be a Nick this season. I think one thing the Knicks can do to kind of uh, secure his services is maybe not guarantee his salary, but give him all the breast milk um, he, he would want, <laughs> uh, you know, make that part of the guarantee part of his contract. I, mean, I don't know how that's uh, affected in the new CBA. Um, there might be some, uh, you know, some some limitations on that, but I think that's one thing the Knicks could do. Yeah, and we've avoided the breast milk conversation, but I do want to bring that up in a second because I do have sound from him in his interview talking about the situation. But yeah, I, I think yeah, as you said, like anything can happen in free agency. I just think to me, 
it just sounds like a handshake deal's already been made. Agreed. You know, he's saying that, you know, I hope a deal will get done hopefully the first day or two. You know, I mean, this technically wouldn't really be tampering because he's on the Knicks already. But like to me, like, you know, players knowing that a deal done deal could be done the first day or two suggests that there's already been parameters discussed about what it would take. The question EJ, are you are you telling them they have conversations before the officials? That can't be the case. That's allowed. That's that's allowed, right? It's it's shocking, right? It's it's unbelievable that could be the case. But that is, I'm almost certain what's happened here. And I'm sure like Josh Hart's uh his representation over at CAA, like they've talked around the league and said, Hey, what are these other teams willing to offer? And how does that compare to the Knicks offer? So him saying that, you know, New York's a great fit. I love being here. I love the team. Everything's perfect. It's hard for a player to go that far talking about how much he loves his current situation and then have to sign, you know, in Detroit next season. Like, you know, how do you then, you know, spin the narrative of, well, you said you were in a perfect situation. You know, did you find a second perfect situation? Like, like you're going to your second option. It's like saying, you know, this is my second choice to go to prom with it. It's not really something that the fan base and the next franchise is going to is going to want necessarily here. So I think he's kind of pigeonholing himself to returning as a Nick. I guess the question I have is like, how much money will this end up costing the Knicks? How many years will they commit to? I read uh, John Hollinger in the athletic, he did a whole breakdown on every player that has a player option or some kind of potential non-guaranteed deal coming up and what they should do. And he thought that Hart may actually end up opting in and then extending from there. So keeping the $13 million he can make next year and signing for something around there moving forward. Is that something you see on the table? What do you think the final numbers will end up looking on a Josh Hart deal? Yeah, so it's definitely something to keep in mind. Um, obviously, Hart's, you know, he's I'm sure he's familiar with his options and, and and all the different scenarios that can play itself out. I'm sure he and his agent have had conversations. But more importantly, I'm sure the Knicks front office is, you know, rechecked and checked and had conversations with the, you know, with the, with his agents and kind of, you know, looked at all the different scenarios. Um, so, yeah, so the the Hollander, um, uh, the one Hollander wrote about it and, and some other folks have, have discussed it uh this uh, since basically since the Knicks signed him. Um, so the benefit of a five, so is essentially what it is instead of um, uh, Josh Hart has until the end of the month to opt out. Uh, it's basically a mutual opt out of his, of his contract for next season. He currently is one year, 12.9 and change on the books. Yep. Um, uh, obviously he can make more than that in the open market. Um, even if it's just for one year and he can certainly make that, that money plus a couple more million over multiple years. So it essentially makes no sense for him to um, exercise that, that contract and, and remain in that contract for one more year. Um, however, it would make sense if the Knicks, in, as a, instead of allowing him to enter free agency, tacked on an extension um, if he chose to exercise that option. So the benefit for the Knicks perspective is that keeps their, 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 his base salary for the upcoming season below 13 million, yeah. which helps them stay below uh, the second apron and just kind of a, a big picture view. EJ and I will get into this over the summer. Um, but the new CBA has some interesting language in it. Um, and we'll really dig into the, the kind of the, 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 the details of it as, as we move on in, in June and July. Um, but essentially something to keep in mind in a phrase you're going to hear a lot from us and from uh, informed basketball analysts is this thing called the separate second apron. So essentially the new yeah. CBA um, wants to make it difficult 
for teams. There obviously some teams are going to spend more than others. There's a salary cap, but it's a soft cap as opposed to a hard cap, as we you know are familiar with that language in different sports, the NFL, etc. There's also a salary floor, which prevents teams from spending far less than their competitors. So ideally, the NBA, you know, you're going to have the high spenders, roughly 20 or so percent above the, the low spenders. Um, but there are a few teams that can that drastically exceed that salary cap. Um, we saw it when the when the Warriors got Kevin Durant and just basically ran the NBA with their eyes closed for two seasons and really yeah. uh, diminished the the, the products by making it virtually uh, by making it very predictable. Um, so what the NBA is trying to do is trying to prevent that type of scenario from taking place. In the past, they would have this thing called the luxury tax. You guys are probably familiar with it, where if you see exceed the salary cap by a certain percentage, it's dollar for dollar hit or dollar twenty five for dollar you spend. Um, but that was the only penalty. So in other words, if you had a rich owner, um, a, a tech billionaire, for instance, um, yeah. there was the only punitive penalty was in terms of hitting your pocketbook. The new CBA, um, in addition to, uh, obviously, uh, the financial repercussions, there's also some additional repercussions. You can't send out – once you hit the second apron, so this is another about $6 million above that luxury tax. And once yep. you hit that number, um, you're essentially hard capped um, with, with a few exceptions. In addition, you can't trade a draft pick more than six years in the future. You can't sign players via the buyout market. Um, which we've seen a lot of players get added. Uh, you know, Kevin Love, for instance, was uh, was one such player that Miami picked up. Um, and there's a couple other things that just that 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 make it difficult. Um, that just there's mechanisms in place for you can get these you know really top tier players, but it's difficult to round out your roster. Um, so I say all that to say, if Josh Hart opts into his contract and Nick sign him to an extension. Um, they keep that $13 million salary on the books for this upcoming season, which makes it easier for them to, you know, facilitate all their other moves and trades. They want to add another top tier superstar. Um, you know, we've talked about who potentially that could be if an NB shakes loose, something along those lines. Um, it's just obviously you have a player at, at a lower salary, it benefits you going forward. Um, and it would benefit um Josh Hart because he would have five years fully guaranteed. Um yeah. I think Hollinger threw threw a number around around 80 million, some something yes. along for, yeah, 480 on the on the east touch. Yeah, so that's a total of almost 95 million over five years, um, which is you know probably the high end of his annual basis. Would the Knicks be fully guaranteed? Um, would there be a team option? Would there be a player option at the end of that? That we'll all see. Um, but that's 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 one scenario. Um, the, again, the pros for the Knicks would be that cheaper first year. The cons for the Knicks would be extended out five years. So when we talk about the annual basis for Hart, I think most folks assume it'll probably be somewhere in the area of. 15-ish million to 18-ish million. Hart's going to ask for 20. The Knicks are going to offer 14 the first time they sit down, et cetera. And they'll probably come to that, that scenario. Um, if I had to take a guess, I'd probably, I think the Knicks want to keep the years down. I think that would probably be their ideal scenario um, as opposed to going out the four or five years. I think they yeah. probably, you know, if, if Hart is dead set, I want 18, then maybe the Knicks only offer him three years. If he's willing to settle for 15 and a half going up to 16, 17, then the Knicks will give him four years. So somewhere along those lines, um, I think that's probably where they land. Uh, is that is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think, and that's why I think, you know, because again, I, you would, I, I would not think, I know that him and his agent have pieced this together. So the fact that he's saying that it's likely they will opt out already, to me, 
it, that kind of takes this opt-in situation off the table. It would sound like now. I don't know. I guess we could be playing hardball, but yeah, yeah. James, uh, you know, James Harden recently kind of did this with Philly, and 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 he could have opted out and said accepted a, a shorter two-year extension, and 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 allowed Philly to to spend some more money to get other guys in, uh, like PJ Tucker, his good buddy. So like. But also allowed Harden to sign the the huge contract he's going to sign this summer. They, that yeah, now he has more money coming to him because yes. he 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 extended on the, the previous contract. So yeah. it's um so I don't know that, that it makes me think given what, how Josh Hart was speaking in that interview that he that that won't happen that he won't uh do it. But you said it could be posturing maybe that's still happening. But I get the impression that he he does want to opt out and he does want to get paid immediately and not to worry about the you know taking the 13 million and having the rest of the money come in the back end. And I wonder if Knicks end up kind of putting a deal together that is similar to the deals we've seen with the likes of Mitch and Jalen Brunson, where maybe you do have a deal that ends up being a little front loaded and maybe he is getting 18 to 19 million the first years, but then that, that salary, you know, decelerates for lack of a better term, de-escalates is a better term um, as the time goes on. So that's, that may be something you see as well. I don't know. I don't one thing. Josh Hart's guy remained a Nick, like they got to bring him back. They gave him a first-round pick for him. We saw how important he was in the 25 games he played in the regular season. We saw how important he was in the Cleveland series. Um, didn't play great in the Miami series, but he's he's a, he's a absolute glue guy. So bringing him back is an absolute must. And because we mentioned it, and we, we did a good job, I thought, last week of not talking about it, but because he didn't mention it again, and it seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, this whole Josh Hart breast milk thing. So – Last week, he put out that he had tried his wife's breast milk. His wife just recently uh, had a newborn, so congrats to him and his family. But uh, he put out that he wanted to try his, bre- his wife's breast milk, and he was interested if other people had this same thought. It confused pretty much everybody who read this tweet thinking, what the hell is Josh Hart talking about? So once again in this interview, but now like the third time, he's had to explain what happened. So 85% of new dads at least wonder what breast milk tastes like. We had family over that day when they asked me, they're like, Did you try, have you tried Shannon breast? I'm like, no, I haven't tried it. But if I ever do, you know, I want the whole, the whole charade. I want to be burped. I want to be cradled. I want, I want, I want everything. Somehow I got finesse into doing like a blind tasting. So we had like almond milk, a creamer and breast milk. Tried it obviously. And it was vanilla flavored almond milk. That's how it tasted. I literally took the blindfold off after I tasted it. I'm like, this is actually like not bad. it doesn't taste bad. I was like, this gotta be the breast milk. And like I just knew because like it tasted the best out of all of them. So then I was just like, you know, I'm just I'm gonna tweet it and just see what people think. So basically what Josh Hart said was my actions don't require any defense. In the same situation, I do it again. <laughs> that was Batman um, from Justice League Doom, an awesome uh, animated cartoon. So I am not married, one. Uh love my girlfriend though, of course, Andrea. I love you. Um but and I don't have a kid, so I, I that's twofold. I'm not on the Josh Hart train. But my good friend Tommy Beer is married. He does have kids. So do you have any idea what Josh Hart is talking about? And do you relate to him in any way? Okay, listen. Um, the reality is yes, I agree with him that everybody has at least wondered what it tastes like. Um, <laughs> however, I've never set up a blind taste test. I've never went that route. I certainly don't want to be cuddled and coddled. I think he went a little bit, little bit too far in that one. So yes, I, I can agree that obviously you, there's some, some curiosity involved there. Um, but I think that that's where I drew the line personally. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> 
Yeah, I, yeah, Josh Hart. I feel like he may have some. Uh, he may have some things he's got to work out. Given uh, <laughs> some of the commentary that I was going into, why but, he wanted to do this, and it's a little odd. But, yeah, but uh, let's. Uh, uh, you know, he may have been in the presence of Taylor Rook, so maybe his, his head was spinning. We'll, we'll, we'll that's we'll, true. We'll, yeah, we'll let him slide there. But yeah, I mean, just just big picture before we move on. Um, I totally yeah. agree with EJ. They they got to bring him back. Um, ideally you want to get him as uh, on as good a deal as possible. Yes. He didn't shoot well in the heat series. And, you know, you show, you saw, you saw the flaws in his game, um, which were exposed when you play a team seven times in a row over, you know, an eight day span, you know, 15 day span, um, night in, night out from the moment Josh Hosh arrived to the, to the, to the Cleveland series when he was a star in the Cleveland series, um, incredibly valuable contributor on the Knicks, um, led the Knicks in plus minus a, a post all-star break, um, was seventh in the NBA tied with Anthony Davis and, 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 uh, Desmond Bain in terms of plus minus, um, the, he was plus plus one fifty in his 700 plus minutes, um, of action. The only Nick that was above plus 86 was Emmanuel quickly, um, who's plus one seventeen. So, um, again, the Knicks have plenty of, I know we, we think that they, need shooters and yes they they would like you would behoove them to add shooters this offseason but keep in mind Knicks finished third in the NBA in offensive rating last season they finished 19th in the NBA in defensive rating they need defenders as well um and yeah. Josh Hart is, is arguably their best perimeter defender um you know going up against Jimmy Butler's not easy etc um but again the, what he brings to the table and let's also you know the Knicks now have a superstar they have a guy that you're going to build a ideally a championship team around and for the first time in a long time the Knicks have to worry how do we keep this guy happy you know, like if, you know, Julius Randle was a great player, but you don't have to worry about, you know, you hope to have Jalen Brunson for the next seven years of his career and you hope that he leads you to the promised land. So you want to make that man happy. Obviously, there's a close relationship um, there there with uh, between Brunson and Hart. So keep that group together, um, you know, kind of get some faith and and, and build some, you know, uh, uh, front office equity with the, with the guy you're eventually going to have to sign to a contract in a couple of years. So I think for all those reasons, Hart wants to stay. Um, the only way the Knicks will let him go is if some team offered him some exorbitant 20, 20 plus million dollars. Yeah. A year. He gets a hundred million dollar contract from somebody. That's then, then you have a decision to make, but I, th- the reason I feel really confident in Josh Hart returning to the Knicks is because the Knicks are going to offer anything that's reasonable and maybe reasonable plus X. And I think yeah. Josh Hart would prefer to stay in New York and would offer and would accept something reasonable minus X from the Knicks. So I think it's I really think it's only a matter of time before they, they come to that number. It's one of those situations I think you're kinda of, you probably you may end up seeing it with the Warriors and Draymond Green. You'll see. But it's one of those situations where he means more to the team that he's on currently than he would mean probably to any team that would try to sign him, even if they did try to overpay him. So uh, for all those reasons I agree, I think Josh Hart does remain a Knicks. 